to try and figure out these Packers and Bears teams requires an enormous amount of projection because each team changed so much this offseason. We try and dig through what is real and what isn't this year with our pal Lily Zhao for another year. We kick off a Zhao You Do in 2023. Let's do it. You are locked on Packers. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash NFL or enter promo code NFL for a water bottle with any order. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise. Lily Zhao is here today off schedule. She will normally be with us on Wednesday, but we have the great Kay Adams on the show tomorrow. Wednesday, we had to change that schedule around to accommodate there, so... Lily was lovely enough to jump on with us today. Awesome. But normally, just for scheduling purposes here, just so you guys can all mark your calendars, every Wednesday we will have Lily Zhao. Before we get there, I want to set up some of this conversation because we're trying to figure out what this team is going to be and what this team is going to be in relation to what this Bears team is going to be. And trying to figure that out is exceedingly difficult. I wrote about this yesterday at The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Both teams have changed so much. So, for example, the Bears last year finished 32nd against the pass by EPA per play by success rate. DFL, dead last. There's a middle, there's a middle word in there you can ask your mom about. I don't know. The Packers were 11th in EPA per dropback. So last year, this was a huge advantage for the Packers. They scored at will, seemingly, on Chicago. And the Bears struggled to get stops, especially in big moments. How much better did the Bears get? It's a fair question. They added Jervon Dexter and Zach Pickens at defensive tackle. They added Demarcus Walker at defensive end. They added Tremaine Edmonds, and they added TJ Edwards to their linebacker room. That is a lot of new players in their front. They added Tyreek Stevenson, the corner from Miami, He's going to start on the outside. We know what Jalen Johnson is opposite him. Jaquan Brisker comes back in year two, who they really, really like. And Eddie Jackson is opposite him, who's not the player he used to be, but was much better last year in a defense that more fits his abilities. How much better can they be? They didn't do that much to address the passing defense because they still don't have much pass rush. Dexter and Pickens are not premium pass rush players, though eventually I think Dexter in particular has a chance to become a very good pass rusher. Demarcus Walker is a nice player. He's a nice ancillary piece if you have, you know, 
Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry and all of these other really good players around him in Chicago. He has none of those. And then how much do your linebackers, especially the linebackers that the Bears signed, aid in your passing defense? Neither, neither of them are premium pass defenders. So you've got one really good corner and two pretty big question marks. Jaquan Brisker is a, a jack-of-all-trades player, but not a, you know, premium I'm going to lock down my half of the field or I'm going to be this elite robber in coverage a la Minka Fitzpatrick who can just make plays on the ball in the middle of the field all the time. He's not a post safety who's just going to roam in the middle of the field. He can he can help here. He can help there. He can, in, in zone drops here, defend these tight ends and come down and run support. He can do a lot of different things well. He's kind of a jack-of-all-trades master of none. How much better is this passing defense going to be, especially with no pass rush? How much is it going to drop off with Jordan Love? Now, I've made the case over and over that this, this passing offense is not going to drop off that much with Jordan Love at the controls. I've made the case, in fact, that it could be better. But so let's say the Bears go from 32nd to like 23rd. If the Packers even go from 11th to, let's say, 15th. And in week one, I think that's a reasonable range. Well, then it's advantage Packers. But it's not the seismic advantage it was a season ago. But that also, both of those, requires an enormous amount of projection. Okay, something that requires much less projection on both sides when we're trying to figure out who has these advantages is the run defense. Both run defenses stink. They absolutely stink. Bears 28th in EPA per play last season, 26th in success rate, defending the run. The Packers were third in success rate, ninth in EPA per rush. This is an elite running offense against one of the worst run defenses in the league. Now, Added linebackers, I think we can expect that is a place where I think we can expect them to take a jump forward. Now, how big a jump? I don't think their defensive front is good enough for them to go into like, oh, they're a top 10 unit. It's a strength for them. No, I think 28th, 26th, they can move into, again, those low 20s, maybe even high teens, still a below average run defense. Well, we expect this rushing offense for the Packers to still be really, really, really good. That's a pretty big advantage to the Packers. Now, when the Bears have the ball, they were sixth in EPA per rush last year. That is all big plays. Not all, mostly big plays. 17th in success rate, which means down to down, this was a below average run offense. But Justin Fields breaks off a couple 60-yarders. And by the way, he did it against the Packers. And you're talking about going against the 31st ranked defense in EPA per rush and rush success rate. So that's not ideal for Green Bay. You have to hope they're going to be better. Well, why would you believe that that would be the case? Kenny Clark says, just watch the tape. Just watch the tape. The quote is, we got a different plan. You'll see on Sunday as far as the plan, as far as the techniques and everything, how we're playing defense. We're just being more aggressive, going to move a little bit. You got guys like myself, TJ, DY, that's that can play stout and get off blocks. That's all we got to do. Get off blocks at the end of the day. Stop the run and plug gaps. We saw in the preseason, they're doing a lot more in terms of games, in terms of 
stunts and twists and, and gaming up this defensive front. Not necessarily blitzing, not necessarily bringing extra bodies, but just trying to disrupt. Now that can have really positive effects for your defense, but it can also have dangerous ones. You, you, you twist into the wrong kind of, especially these gap and power runs, and all of a sudden you've got a, a guard pulling into nowhere and all he has to do is climb to that linebacker and it's a chunk run. That's problematic for the Packers. How aggressive can they be? I think there's reason to believe this run defense will be better for the Packers. It's mostly the same personnel, but you add Devontae Wyatt, who's more disruptive up front. You got Kenny Clark playing more three technique. This offensive line for Chicago is not very good. And the Packers played really well against them last year defensively. Justin Fields had under 100 yards passing in their first matchup through two interceptions in the second half in key moments in the second matchup. And that's this is the part where it gets difficult. Just like it's difficult to project the Packers' passing offense, it's difficult to project the Bears' passing offense. One of the least productive in football last year. One of the least productive in NFL history under Justin Fields. And the Packers have a top 10 passing defense. We expect to get better with the additions of Rashawn Gary, who's expected to play week one, Lucas Van Ness, more Devontae Wyatt. I'm talking about first round premium players being added to the mix here. Rasul Douglas playing his natural position. He is Justin Fields' daddy. In fact, all three corners, Justin Fields has been in the league for two seasons. All three corners against that are going to play, the top three corners for the Packers, have interceptions against Justin Fields. In fact, Justin Fields has six interceptions against the Packers in four games. It's the most interceptions he's thrown against any team by a factor of two. And it's the worst, it's the worst passer rating against any team he's played more than once in his NFL career. Now, it's not what the Bears do well, but they expect to do it better this year. Okay, what is better? Instead of 78 passing yards, is he going to get 100, 120, 150? We'll see. Even when they were down last year, they didn't throw it. I mean, just a, a gobsmacking number of attempts last season, despite the fact that they were terrible most of the year, all of the year, frankly. It's the thing that the Packers do the best. But it's also the thing that the Bears do the worst. So you, you say advantage Packers, and to be sure, advantage Packers, no doubt. But when the thing that the Bears are best at is the thing that the Packers defensively are also the worst at, that becomes where this gets a little dicey. I still think the Packers have an advantage here. I think they're, they're to me, clearly the better team. But a lot of this matchup is based on projection, and that's just stuff at this point we don't know. All right, we're going to talk to Lily Zhao here in just a second on Locked on Packers. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. I don't know how I can put it any simpler. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. I know. I went to Lulu and tried them on. Didn't look as good. Didn't fit as good. Didn't feel as good. Bird Dogs fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs stretch to get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they're functional for any occasion. I wear, I wear some of my bird dogs for pajamas and just hanging out around the house. I wear some of my bird dogs for all occasions. 
I wore them the other day to go to a, a nice event, shorts, put a belt on because the khaki ones have the belt loops, even though it is a, an elastic waist. Surprise, you put a belt on it, a nice polo shirt. You go out, you can put some loafers on. You got a, you got a nice outfit, but it, it's just as easy. Sneakers, t-shirt, bang. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or enter promo code locked on NFL at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. The Locked On Ultimate NFL Season Preview is here. The seven-episode extravaganza brings opinions, analysis, and plenty of debate from all 32 of our Locked On NFL hosts with insights from our national experts. It's a can't-miss series before the season kicks off. Catch every episode on Locked On NFL or YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Joining me now for another season, everyone's favorite game, Zao you doing, Lily Zao from Fox 6 in Milwaukee, back again. I am so excited that we get to run this back. I get to spend time every week with one of my favorite people, just period, but also one of my favorite people on the beat. Lily, how has the spring and the summer treated you? How we do- how's Zao you doing? I almost just said, how you doing? And I was like, wait, we have a bit. We got to do the bit. Yeah, Zao you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's you know in Milwaukee at least we're staying busy with you know the box finished early which we weren't expecting and then the Brewers are kind of ending towards the regular season and now with the Packers again so I'm staying busy but able to get away a couple times in the summer and enjoy my time off and now I'm kind of gearing up for football season so I'm ready for it uh, but it's been a good year it's been a good year I'm excited to be back with you and chatting Packers football every week so is that how you doing? I'm great I'm so great I'm, I can't wait for this season there's so many interesting things for us to talk about I, I want to ask you about this because I think this is something we've talked about offline before you have your, your time covering the team actually predates mine in terms of day to day. I was doing national stuff when you, when you got to green Bay. Um, and I, I just feel like since 2017, we've, we've always had something to talk about in, in 17, it was Rogers hurt. So I was like, what are they going to do with Brett Hundley in 18? Uh, Mike McCarthy got fired. That was a big one, but they also had a new defensive coordinator. Then it's the new head coach. Then it's, Super Bowl and MVPs and and Aaron Rodgers, the year of of the offseason temper tantrum and all that stuff. We've always had something to follow. And now we have this Jordan Love. Where does this season coming into this season with like the oh, I have a lot of questions. Where does that sort of rank in, in your time covering the team as like this is a really interesting, exciting time just to be covering the team? I would say probably at the top, right? Again, I I came in, excuse me, like 2015-ish. So I know everyone who's covered the team or who's known the team longer than I have, you know, I'm sure they would have a different ranking. But I think for me, it was, you know, when you come in during the heyday of Aaron Rodgers, you kind of know what you're going to get with the team. They're always going to be a contender. He's always going to be a very talented quarterback. You know what you're kind of going to get, right? But this year, it's completely different. I mean, the unknown is the biggest thing that's the most intriguing because either they're going to you know, Jordan Love is the quarterback for now, but can he be the one for the future? I think that's the big question. That's the big unknown. It's exciting. We don't know what we're going to see. We kind of got a little bit of a taste of it during the preseason, but, you know, everything will be kind of unveiled in week one. But in terms of the exciting factor of it, I know every year when you're competing for an NFL title, that's going to be exciting. But then I think the unknown of everything is also kind of on that same level of intrigue. So I think for me, this week kind of tops in terms of, I'm going to be at the edge of my seat every week, kind of being like, what is this team going to actually look like? 
I'm, I'm right there with you. I've been talking about it all summer, especially in training camp and in the, in the preseason, because there, there are like some expectations. The expectation is that they're not going to suck. Okay. That's a, that's a pretty low bar, but anything after that is upside. And so we haven't experienced that as watchers of the green Bay Packers in a really, really long time. And I think that that is an interesting place for this team to be. What do you make of how they've approached this offseason and summer, especially now that we've got to see some of these guys? They went really young, bye to the veterans, especially at the skill positions. Brian Gudikins, I thought, had a fascinating line. He said, we weren't trying to get young. We were trying to get athletic. But guess what? They're really young. So what do you what do you think of this approach the Packers are taking this year? Because I, there is certainly a school of thought that says, if you want Jordan Love to succeed, give him proven guys. That's not what Green Bay did. Certainly not. And I think that was kind of addressed, right, of how do you kind of cultivate a team that is so young and how do you kind of make sure that they do succeed? That's the big question mark. And I think, you know, Brian Gutekunst talked about it and Matt LaFleur talked about it of, you know, it's going to be a week-to-week thing with this team because, again, we don't know what we truly have until we get them on the field playing a real game. But that's the, del- that's the delicate balance that you kind of have to work with because, again, these guys, don't. a lot of them don't have proven NFL snaps just yet. But I think that's also the exciting portion of it is that, this team really can truly grow and they can really grow together as a unit. And then a couple of years down the line, I mean, they're going to be better for it. So that I, I think is the intriguing thing of, yeah, we want them to succeed, but then we're going to give them really, really young guys to work with. But maybe at the same time, they're building those relationships. They're building that chemistry together that maybe, you know, a proven veteran, if, if they're used to start a certain something that, you know, Maybe it's more fresh for guys who are younger and just coming into the NFL. So maybe that's kind of the the advantage you have there. But again, I understand the perspective of, of course, you want veteran players and you have guys like Devondre, Preston, David, that are, you know, the older guys on the team per se. But I think this new dynamic of growing together is certainly exciting. Yeah, the oldest guy on the team is 31. How does that make you feel, Lily? That means we're older than everybody on the team, Peter. (laughs) Yeah. Really I know it's not great. And it doesn't, it does not compute for me. I still see them and I'm like, those guys are older than me, right? Like they're definitely, well, yeah. no, they're not, they're not. I'm older than Ugh. all those people. Ugh. Um, Maybe they'll bring back Mason Crosby. They won't, but maybe they will. And and then we can feel we'll good okay. again because yeah. he's definitely older than, than both of us. Um, There is this Matt LaFleur piece that I don't think has been discussed enough when it comes to this team. He came in a young, inexperienced coach, one of the youngest in the NFL. And he got thrown into the fire a little bit. That team competed right away in part thanks to Matt LaFleur, right? But that was a veteran team. They bring in these veteran players. This is a very different coaching style that he will have to bring to this team. How do you think LaFleur and and his personality and his approach fits this team? Great question. I I do think that because, you know, he was hired so young, quote unquote, that it was how does he relate to Aaron Rodgers? How does that relationship grow moving forward? He's older than both of us, by the way, just sort of close. Yes, yes. (laughs) But now it's okay. He's still a younger coach. uh, And how does that lend itself more to the younger locker room? I think it certainly helps. You know, I, I, you know, being in the locker room a couple of times, it's a very, very loose group. Uh, It's a different kind of style of leadership with Jordan Love at the top. You know, everything is going to be kind of done a little bit different because Aaron Rodgers is not there. But I do think just with how young Matt LaFleur is, he can, you know, relate a little bit more to his players. And I, I think the camaraderie thus far, he's talked about so much during training camp of how much these guys love each other and how much they've grown during the offseason. I, and, and I think just because he is a younger coach, 
he can relate to that more. So I, I think that might help him this year. But I think there's a lot talked about, oh, Matt LaFleur finally gets to run his offense this year. And he's saying, that's not, that's not the case. I've still been running my offense. I've just had more input from my quarterback. And so I, I think a lot of people are probably thinking, oh, this is the first year of Matt LaFleur's offense that we'll be seeing, and that's not the case. But uh, I think it certainly bodes well for this team that their coach is younger and that they still have the system in place that they're just going to tweak with Jordan Love at the helm. More with Lily Zhao here on Locked on Packers in just a second. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Get yours. I have mine. Do you have yours? Get it. Now is the best time to join FanDuel because you can still bet the Packers over seven and a half. That is an easy over. I was looking at the schedule. They're a 10 or 11 win team. I'm telling you, they are going to be good this year. And it's Packers plus one in Chicago. Absolutely ridiculous. They should be the favorite in Chicago. They are clearly the better team. The app is easy to use and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, our friend Kay Adams from Up and Adams, formerly of Good Morning Football, of NBC Sports. You know her, you love her. She will be on the show tomorrow. Lauren Cox for our crossover Thursday from Locked On Bears on the show on Thursday. And then J.T. O'Sullivan, former Packers quarterback, Packers legend, J.T. O'Sullivan, head of the QB School YouTube page, awesome page, is going to be with us on Friday. Yeah, it's it's the difference. Like we saw that there was that clip that went around of Jonathan Gannon in Arizona that evinced so many eye rolls that everyone was just like, oh my God. Even even some of the, I, I couldn't believe some of the shots of players that they actually put in there. I was like, are we sure we want to put Buda Baker's face so incredulous about his new coach on this show? But there, it, it has to change, right? Um, you mentioned the, the different style of leadership with Jordan Love. He is very different from Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career. And I have been struck, and tell me if you feel the same way, at how fast he seemed to have galvanized the locker room. That these guys just seem to be behind him right away. And I was like, that that has to be that has to be that sort of time under tension idea of like he's been there for three years. These guys that have been there along the way know he's been and, and he's working. You hear Aaron Jones talk about he works the right way. We see how hard he works. Are you surprised at how fast everyone's just like, A.J. Dillon, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for, for Jordan Love? I, I would say I'm surprised at how fast they've kind of come together. Again, because he's been with the team for three years, I think he's really just put his head down. He's worked. He's done the right thing. You know, he's learned from Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, he's kind of – he's gotten to know a lot of the core guys that have returned. And I think that, you know, is, is a big benefit. But I think just for him – kind of staying in the background, just kind of doing his own thing, just absor- being a sponge, absorbing everything, and building a rapport with these guys has certainly kind of given him that leg up this season now as QB1 because, you know, the offseason he's working out in California with a couple of teammates. Aaron Jones was one of them. Uh, and when you have the trust of Aaron Jones, I mean, he, again, is the quote-unquote heart and soul of his team per Brian Gutekunst, right? When you have right. his trust and, and he vouches for you, other guys are going to follow suit. And I think just – 
again, Jordan Love's style, very different than Aaron Rodgers. They're different personalities, much more quiet, much more calm, much more, you know, kind of buttoned up a little bit, but I'm sure it's because, you know, it's his first year. So I think that approach and also just being a young quarterback certainly is relatable for everybody. Um, so not surprised that they've come together so quickly, but I'm hoping the, you know, if they're joking about like Hall of Fame quarterback, but maybe this is the start of one one day. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, I, there was a, a great line. I had Ali Connolly on the show last week, and and he mentioned that after the Chiefs game, Jordan Love was pissed. Like he was mad at how he played. And we saw a little bit of that fire against the Seahawks when that hit was, was it the Patriots where they, I think it was the Patriots, the late hit. And, and you have a little bit of, of that skirmish and he gets up and he is yapping. He's talking. And I was like, you know, who would do exactly that same thing? Aaron Rodgers would, would come up and do that. And that was a part of his personality, Lily, that we hadn't seen. I think it's really, we talked about that excitement, the idea of what this team can be finding out who Jordan love is as a guy, not just a quarterback is fascinating, but let's talk about Jordan Love, the quarterback, on the field. There's some flashes. He seems to be taking care, pretty good care of the ball, both in practice and in preseason. What do you think are reasonable expectations for him this year? You know, I don't think he's going to be putting up 4,000 yards, passing yards, although that would be spectacular. I think, again, Packers fans have to give him some grace this year, as they all, you know, as fans do with many first-year quarterbacks. And knowing that he's going to flash, he's going to make those plays that we expect him to make, but he might make mistakes too, and to be okay with that. Because again, this is his first year under center, reading defenses for real. It's not him coming into a game, either, either in a blowout situation or Aaron Rodgers' injured situation, to manage the game or keep them from losing. It is literally his job to win this team games. So give him some grace this year. Again, we've seen, I think the most important thing though with Jordan Love is outside of his footwork improving, his arm strength, just his ability to read defenses, it's his ability to be resilient. And I think we've seen that in the preseason, right? Yeah. You know, either his first two drives weren't good. He comes back, throws a touchdown. Like, he's not leaving that game until he gets a touchdown. I think his ability to be resilient, I think, will bode well for this team in the regular season because inevitably he'll make some mistakes, but he'll bounce back. And I think that's a very important trait for a quarterback. Yeah, we talk about short memory for cornerbacks. And I think it's the same for quarterbacks. You have to be able to respond from those mistakes. The, the ability to overcome adversity. Steve Nash talked about this, that the, the reason we miss on athletes more often than not is because we underestimate how valuable it is. And it's really hard to evaluate how people handle adversity. That's going to define, I think, Jordan Love because we know what the talent is. We can't not talk about the defense because the Packers kept Joe Barry and they also added a lot of talent to this defense they're saying all the right things right now lily they're going we're going to play more aggressive we're going to play more man coverage russell douglas is like yeah it's going to be different this year why should we believe that <laughs> i think we have to kind of believe them right because you have to think if they're you know they're practicing against one, one another every single day they're learning the playbook you know, they're learning each other and, and kind of like getting the calls in and all that stuff, like all the technical stuff they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. We're not seeing it. So you kind of have to believe that if they're saying all the right things that hopefully it'll, it'll translate on the field. I know last year there was a lot of hype saying, oh, we're, you know, we're, we beat this offense, but then we knew why they were so good because the offense severely struggled. 
I, I would assume that this year, having learned from their mistakes last year, that they're not, it's not just talk. Like they're actually putting stuff in motion to be able to stop the run, to be able to rush the quarterback, to be able to be stout in the secondary with whoever they put back there at safety. I don't think they're going to hopefully just talk the talk. They're going to walk the walk and actually play on the field and, and be better. But like you mentioned, they bring in so many talented guys. I think this defensive line is going to be a real strength for this team. Um, you know, the linebacker core got a little faster as well. They got a little deeper. So that's also encouraging. I think it's just the back end of what does that safety group look like and, and how good yeah. can they be? Um, but I think overall, this is an improved defense. But that's just on paper. We have to see it out in week one. And that's going to be a big test in week one, defending those Bears. Certainly defending the run game of the Bears. We'll see about the passing game. We'll see how much they improved there. Quickly, as we finish up here, give me one player that you are most excited to see. And let's go non-Jordan Love edition, because I think everyone is really, really excited just to see what this looks like. But one guy who you're like, I think he's going to have a really good season, and I can't wait to watch him play. Oh, that's a great question. There's so many answers, but I would say there off are. the top, uh, if I'm going to go offense and go kind of flashy, I would say Malik Heath. You know, I think he was talked about Love a lot it. in camp. Number 18, we all know what Randall Cobb could do. Mm. I think this is a guy that has a lot of promise. He's got good size. He works hard. And I think he could be kind of an X factor for this Packers offense. You know, you talk about Christian Watson, and Romeo Dobbs. Those guys are going to get their, their fair share of coverage. But what can Malik Heath do? Can he be sneaky good this year? I think he can be. I think he's one guy I'm excited to see. I love that answer. I thought you were going to go when you said offense. I thought you were going to go Luke Musgrave. I think that's the obvious answer. In the non-Jordan Love division, that would have probably been my answer. So I'm glad you gave a much more interesting answer. And Malik Keith, by the way, Romeo Dobbs sitting out practice. Malik Keith might have to play real meaningful snaps right away in week one. So definitely a name to keep an eye on. I asked you this question last year, Lily. You gave me a very good answer, as I recall. The best thing you ate since the last time we spoke. So spring plus summer. Oh, no. Oh, gosh. I ate so many things. What did I eat that I love? Oh, no. <laughs> so no. many things. Stay fair, summer fest, <laughs> trips. Give me something. Okay, hold on. I need to think. I will say, though, I was surprised. I had gator at the fair for the first time. Gator. And as, as a gator. Exactly. I've never had gator as a gator. Um, I don't know if I would. Uh, it wasn't my favorite, but I was happy I tried it because it was something that I long wanted to, but didn't because, you know, I gators. So I said gator. That was kind of cool this year. Another answer I was not expecting, a but a great one. A great answer. I've always I've always like walked by that booth and gone, should I do that? And I never have. So you more adventurous than me. I, I love that. Lily, I cannot wait to do this in 2023 with you. Uh, how many, however many more times we get to do it, who knows playoff games mean it could be more than, than some people are expecting. So it's going to be a great season. Thanks for coming on board again. We will talk to you next week. Love it. Thank you, Peter. All right. Thanks to Lily for joining the show. Always an absolute blast to talk to her back tomorrow with Kay Adams, a monster week of locked on Packers rolls on. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. At any time, you want to come hang out with us live, like we will be after the game on Sunday when the Packers beat the Bears to start 1-0 this season in 2023. You can go subscribe on our Locked on Packers YouTube page so you can stay Locked on Packers.